0: Welcome to the newest episode of Beyond the Fame with Jason Fraley. I'm your host, Jason Fraley, picking the brains of the top filmmakers, musicians, and artists of our time. UB40 lead singer Astro died today after a short illness at the age of 64. I spoke with him when the band played Strathmore in 2016, breaking down their biggest reggae pop hits from Red Red Wine to Can't Help Falling in Love. Astro, thanks so much for taking the time to join us.
1: Absolute pleasure.
0: Pleasure. Now, uh, what what can we expect to hear to here at Strathmore? Are you guys going to play some, you know, some of your your old hits, or is there any new stuff you guys have been working on, or what's the deal?
1: Well, I, I think um, we'd be lynched if if we didn't play uh, most of our classics. <laughs> so we'd definitely be playing like your Red Red Wines and Carnot Fallings, yeah. Right Me Kitchen, Kingston Town. We'd definitely be playing those. Um, Plus, we, we do have a current album out at the moment called Silhouette, so we'll be playing a few tracks from that as well, nice. just to keep people up to date with what we're what we're up to. And then um, personal favourites of the bands, so there should be something for everybody. You know, I mean, like it's a it's a great show. I'm like we've taken this same show around the UK, and uh, it, we've had nothing but rave reviews, and I don't don't see it being any difference um, when we play next week.
0: Awesome. Um, you mentioned your new album, Silhouette. Um, didn't you get you recorded it at a famous spot, right? RAK Studios. Michael Jackson, David Bowie, Al Green, Pink Floyd. A lot of people have, have recorded there. It's like yeah,
1: a, just about everybody's recorded that studio. Uh, actually. Ali had recorded the album before I'd, I'd uh, rejoined back up with him and and Mickey. And so they just put back the, the release date just so that I could jump on a few of the tracks uh, just to make my presence felt. And, uh, yeah, it's been received really well. It's been really well. Um, all the tracks, you know, they've been going on an absolute storm. So mm-hmm. we're all pleased with that. Um, yeah, uh, we're, co- we're coming to party, and we just want, you
0: know, the U.S. to party with us. <laughs> oh, it'll be a party, all right. Uh, we can't wait. Um, now, I know you you joined the band, uh, you know, a few years into it, but I'm sure you're pretty, you know, well-schooled on the history of the band. You can probably speak to some of it. Um, I'm pretty sure UB40 got its break um, with Christy Hind yeah. of The Pretenders. I know you guys credit her sort of uh, putting you on the map. Do, do you know how that all went down?
1: Yes, um, well, we'd actually, um, a brief putty history. Um, <laughs> okay, n- n- 1979, uh, the band decided we was going to form a band. So then we spent the whole of the summer of 1979 just learning to copy uh, our favourite records. After that, we then started to uh, write our own records. 1980, we started touring around Britain, I think we'd only played about 15 shows uh, in our hometown, uh, and uh, we ventured down to the capital, and we played about three or four shows in London, and on a Thursday night at the Hope and Anchor, Chrissy Hyde was sitting in the audience, and she came backstage after watching us perform, and asked us if we, if we wanted to go on a uh, Brass in Pocket tour, and uh, her Tour dates consisted of twice our uh, playing career. And so uh, we agreed to go out on tour with her. Uh, we released our first single while we was on tour uh, with Chris And by the time the, the uh, Chris tour had finished, uh, our single had reached number four in the charts. And uh, the rest is history, as I say.
0: Which one? Was, was that Red Red Wine? No,
1: no, it was uh, Food for Thought... <laughs> King. It was a double, double A side. Uh, one side was about Martin Luther King, oh. and the other side was about the hypocrisy of um, giving presents at Christmas.
0: Oh wow! They, well, that's quite an A side B side, right there. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's cool. Um. Well, take us take us into Red Red Wine. That's the one. I mean, I'm sure everyone will. You know, everyone remembers when, and they're going to come out to Strathmore and be excited to hear that one. Why do you think that one is still played? Today, so many years after its release. Well, it's just such a brilliant song.
1: You see, when we uh, first heard it, uh, we knew it by a guy called Tony Tribe. And we had no idea that Neil Diamond had anything to do with it whatsoever. <laughs> and so, you, you know, you can imagine we you could have knocked us over with a feather when we found out that Neil Diamond had written it. But anyway, um, it was just one of those songs that we'd grown up listening to as, as as kids at school and used to play at the school discotheques. And, you know, it was a popular tune then. And you'd go to, like, youth clubs and you'd hear those. You'd hear Red Red Wine being played. And so, you know, it's just one of those memories that have just stayed with us, and we truly believe that um, because reggae was a, a new, fo- you know, it's one of the newest form of music out there, uh, we just believe that if, if the general public was to listen to, you know, get a taste of reggae music, then they would fall in love with these songs just the same way as we did. And um, we've proved right with the success of, you know, tracks like Red Red Wine and Kingston San. But as I say, we was we was like eight, nine years, Nine years of age when we was first listening to those songs, and for us to still remember them 40 years later, yeah, you know, yeah, you know, that tells you that the strength of the tunes themselves, and and that's that's basically what we, um, that's a, that's the criteria for a labour of love track. You know, whenever we're going to cover something, it's got to be a brilliant track in the first place. If you don't remember it, then it's not worth doing. It's as simple as that.
0: Yeah, I mean you guys. I mean that's your guy. Red red wine is your guy's song now. I mean I know there were previous versions, but yours it it takes a special gift to come in and take something that was already out there and uh, you know make it. It's now yours is the definitive version.
1: Yeah, well I mean like we made the twelve inch version just because um, that was the thing to do back <laughs> in the eighties. You know everybody was doing twelve inches, so yeah. uh, so we'd done. The, you know the song was already written, and then like there was three more minutes of instrumental that was going to be played. And um, so I just suggested, yeah, writing something, which I did. And the band approved it. And, you know, everybody now, you yeah, know, comments on the, on the rap, which I'm proud of.
0: <laughs> oh, it's a, it's a perfect addition. Uh, take me into Can't Help Falling in Love with you. Um, I believe, I mean, that was an old Elvis one, too. But um, just explain how sort of the reggae vibe spices that one up a tad.
1: Well, um. That particular song, um, we wasn't big Elvis fans. At all. I mean, We do appreciate what his it contribution to music, but we were sure. never massive uh, Elvis fans. And we was actually um, asked if if we'd uh, do some music for, um, uh, I think it was Leaving Las Vegas or Loathing and Leaving Las Vegas.
0: Fear and Loathing, maybe, yeah.
1: And... Um, all the all the soundtracks were Elvis um, songs, and um, so we was asked to, to pick one. So we chose "Kind of Falling." Found out that um, Bono from U two had also done it. So the film company decided to go with Bono's version, <laughs> which they released, and I think he got about two hundred and twenty seven in the charts, <laughs> and uh, and basically just bummed out. Yeah. So. Our version was just sitting on the shelves and then about 18 months later um, that Sharon Stone film Slither um, came out and they asked if we could use it for that and so we said well it's just sitting there collecting dust you might as well (laughs) and so um, so they released it and I, I think I think Kind of Falling in Love was bigger than the film. I think it was big, bigger than Slither. Again, that, that was purely... We'd been commissioned to do it for one film. They d- decided to go with Bino instead. And so another film company has asked, can they use it? We've agreed, and the rest is history. everybody probably sick to death of hearing it over the <laughs> years.
0: That's funny. Um, take me into make your make your bandmates blush a little bit here. Um, tell me, you know what makes Ali Campbell and and Mickey Virtue, um, you know, so damn good at what they do?
1: Oh, well,
0: <laughs> em- embarrass them.
1: <laughs> uh, it's really uh, it, well. It's hard to embarrass them because uh, you know they're just so dedicated to the music that, like, you know. That's why they're good at what they do, because they, they, you know, it's not a fad. It's not, you know, let's just try this, see if we can earn some money. We actually do live and breathe and eat and sleep reggae music. And um, Ali, to me, is one of the finest vocalists I've ever heard. Um, And Mickey is just consistent, whether he's consistently late or... um, (laughs) But uh, no, <laughs> well, we're, we're just old friends, and like you know, we just we just know each other so well that nothing surprises any of us about what it, it, anybody's gonna do. Yeah.
0: If if they were here and you weren't, what what would they say? To, how would they answer that question about you? What would they say? Your your uh, contribution? Uh, probably
1: just call me Jack of trades, <laughs> master master of none. <laughs>
0: That's hilarious. Uh, I can already tell you guys are. Uh... You you give each other a good little uh, ribbing every now and then, old friends. Um, take me into the name. Growing up, I, I always wondered what UB40 was. I, I just researched it and found out, but tell our listeners what it is.
1: Yeah, well, um, back in the day, uh, in England, if you was unemployed and you needed to collect money from the state, you had to have a, a, a registration card, and that registration card was Form ub UB40- four zero. Um and it stood for unemployment benefit and the forty was just a registration number. And um <laughs> and so when we chose that night, well in fact it was one of our friends down at, was sitting a, at a pub drinking with us, he says, Why don't you call yourself U B forty? and he says, What are you on about? And he says, Well, it's, it's your doll card, it's the money that you eat that you used to collect money from the state. Well, at the time, there was 3 million people in England with a UB40 card. <laughs> and so when we called ourselves UB40, we automatically had a 3 million uh, card-carrying fan base. <laughs> and so we also, um, if you was unemployed and you had a UB40 card, if you brought it to the box office, uh, wherever we was playing, you'd get like a 50% discount off the ticket price to get into the gig. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> it was, especially when back in the day when we was, you know, we was going out for five five pounds or, yeah. you know, like $10. You know what I mean? And, and, you know, to be able to turn to somebody and say, okay, just give me five bucks and you can get in, you know. <laughs> and so we became like Robin Hood's
0: Robin Hood. Yeah. <laughs> You're about the working man. Yeah. Steal from the rich and give to the poor. That's, it. That's funny. Um awesome. When um what sort of um, you know, you guys obviously are, are one of the more well-known reggae bands at least that come to my mind when I think of the genre. Um which artists do you think before you guys and do, do you think it helped sort of inspire you guys? Like do you have any favorites that that you liked growing up and then of course and then after after you guys is there anyone today that that you think is carrying on your legacy?
1: uh well uh, to, who do we like if you if you listen to any of the tracks from labor of Love one, two, and three those are our heroes those are who we grew up listening to those those are the people who are responsible for making us want to play reggae mm-hmm. um uh, so I'm mean uh, John Holt, he was a massive massive hero of ours um, you know and and the beautiful thing is everybody on the labor of love uh trilogy uh, as i say they were our heroes and um, mm-hmm. we've managed to uh, been in a position where we recorded with all of our heroes Yeah, you know i mean so when people yeah. are going oh is there anybody you'd like to record with well actually everybody who you know connected with the genre of music we've played with, apart from Bob Marley, who unfortunately passed away before we had the opportunity. But other than that, everybody who's anybody in reggae music, we've worked with. Um, And there's, like, today, there's a a new bunch of up-and-coming reggae artists. Um, There's a band called Raging Fire, um, I think they're on their third album now, but they're mm-hmm. just so solid, just, yeah, you know, just roots rock reggae, conscious lyrics. Um, there's a guy called Nature, um, Chronic's, Jesse Royal, Taurus Riley, um, Perfect. Mm-hmm. Uh, all these guys are just smash, smashing up the charts at the moment. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah. If you get the opportunity to hear any of their material, I think you'll fall in love with them like I fell in love with them.
0: Awesome. Well, there you go. Thanks for giving us some ideas of other bands to check out. Uh, Astro, thanks so much. This was a blast. It's been an absolute pleasure. All right. We'll see you at the show. Take care, yourself. Thanks so much for joining us on Beyond the Fame with Jason Fraley. Remember to hit the subscribe button and give us a five-star rating if you like what you hear. We'll see you next time.